0: Happy New Year and welcome to Copper Country Today, Houghton Community Broadcasting's weekly look at the issues and people that are important to the Keweenaw. I'm Todd Van Dyke. This week, a new effort to introduce kids to great careers right here in the UP. Cassie Teft de Munoz from Michigan Tech will bring details and will get help keeping those New Year's resolutions from Aspirus Dietitian Anna Moy.
1: Stand by for Copper Country Today. It's brought to you by the Portage Health Foundation. When our community is in need, the Portage Health Foundation is here to answer the call. In 2018, we were here on the front lines helping homeowners get their lives back. And now with the COVID-19 pandemic, we're right here with the many nonprofits who help serve our community. We've provided funding to Senior Meals, Kimono Family Resource Center, and 31 Wing Backpacks. We launched a Wi-Fi hotspot network to help families stay connected, and we have much more planned. If you want to donate to help our community's recovery, visit phfgive.org slash COVID-19 or call 523-5920. Welcome to our first Copper Country Today of the year 2021,
0: which we hope is going to be a much significantly better year than the year 2020 was. I'm Todd Van Dyke. Our program is brought to you by the Portage Health Foundation. You can find out more about them at phfgive.org. It was, I think, probably right around 100 years ago that the problem began here in the copper country. The copper mines were beginning to play out. The price of copper crashed after World War One. And sales went down and jobs were lost and people had to start leaving the Copper Country to find work elsewhere. And it's been a cycle that's been going on pretty much ever since then. And one of the complaints that I hear year after year is the kids graduate from high school or they graduate from college, and to find that job, they have to go elsewhere. And all of a sudden, they're hundreds of miles away. And isn't there something that we can do to try to keep our kids a little bit closer to home here in the Upper Peninsula. Well, there is an effort that is underway to try to establish a little bit more of that. My guest is Cassie Teft-Munoz, de who is the director of the Center for Educational Outreach at Michigan Tech. Cassie, welcome to the program.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: And Happy New Year to you.
2: Happy New Year.
0: First, before we get into this, tell me what the Center for Educational Outreach is at Michigan Tech. There may be listeners who are not familiar with that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, our mission is pretty simple. We we aspire to spark curiosity. So we work mostly with K through twelve students, and also community college students. And what we try to do is just open up opportunities for them and, and raise awareness for many different things that they could do later in life. That may be a four year program at a university. That may be something more vocational or a trade. Um, but really, our goal is to just open up their eyes to the many different opportunities that they do have.
0: You have put together a program along with a whole bunch of other people, that is called "Tomorrow: the Tomorrow's Talent Series." Uh, finding a Future in the Upper Peninsula. And I looked at the people who are involved in putting this together, and I'm th- it's you guys and Upper Peninsula Michigan Works and the MySTEM Network and career and technical education directors across the UP and intermediate school districts and other colleges and universities and businesses. You must have really big committee meetings on this.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, at some point we've we've had about 25 people on the steering committee um, Which has really just blown us away, you know, at the very beginning of the year, you know, my office, what we really, we've been very concerned, obviously, about the changes in in learning and um, some of the learning loss that has occurred, whether students have been able to stay in person or virtual, there's certainly been a lot of disruptions. And so at the beginning of the year, we thought, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could try to help mitigate that that loss of -of out-of-school opportunities, such as Going and doing a tour at a different company, or having a guest speaker come in and tell you about, for example, welding, or you know, some, some other field. So we thought, you know, why don't we just see if we can have a couple of videos, make some videos telling us what they do, and we'll just do a couple of these, and that'll be great. <laughs> and we very quickly uh, realized that actually all these these other uh, partners that you mentioned, the Upper Peninsula Michigan Works, and MySum Network, and um, the Career Tech Educators, you know, they were all encountering the same issue with how to keep kids engaged and how to still provide that valuable career exploration and career discovery. And so uh, we went from just, yeah, we'll we'll make a couple of these videos to um, we're we're putting out about eight, sometimes up to 10 a month. um, And it is a very large committee that is driving the effort.
0: Because I looked at all of this and I thought, wow, what an effort this is. And the first thing I guess that struck me about it, and because I'm of an advanced age, when I was young and in high school, not a lot of career guidance was given to those of us who were in high school till we got kind of to the last minute and you got to your junior or senior year and they said, have you thought about what you're going to do next? We're starting that a lot earlier now, aren't we?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And actually, there are many schools that actually have career uh, career discovery classes that students take as early as seventh or eighth grade, um, which are designed to really um, show them different pathways that that they can take Um, I think, you know, I've been describing it recently to others as it's not so much that um, students don't maybe know what they want to do or know what they're interested in. It seems like they they can envision the end of the ladder, if you will. But the, the challenging part, I think, for most students now is figuring out what all those rungs of that ladder are to get to that place. And so what we've been trying to do with tomorrow's talent series is to really show them different career pathways, but also specifically how to get there? So, in addition to the videos that we've been putting on the website, um we also have discovered some resources that parents, students, teachers can all download um, right from the site that actually show them, you know, okay, if you're interested in this field, um you could go a certificate route or this particular company actually has an on the job apprenticeship program. Um, or, you know, maybe this career pathway requires a four-year degree. So we are trying to help augment some of those career counseling um, services that uh, also schools may not have been able to provide as reliably this year.
0: Yeah, it certainly has been a challenge, I know, for so many of our educators. And I think it has been a challenge over the years, too, for kids coming through. It's one thing to sit and say, okay, you know, you could be a welder or you could be a doctor. But to get some hands-on experience, to talk to some people who are involved in those fields, that really has to clarify the decision-making process for these students.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other key piece, um, and you know, this is where Upper Peninsula Michigan works, You know, being one of the key partners in this initiative has been really incredible. They've been, also been able to connect the dots as far as what are our most in-demand uh, fields here in our region, in our, in our Upper Peninsula, what are the fields? That we are most <laughs> desperately seeking youth to kind of come in and and really grow with and and help um, advance some of these these careers, uh, as well as Upper Peninsula Michigan Works is able to provide our average um, salary and wage information, which can be really important for a student who is considering between a couple of different pathways. You know, having that information about. Is this a job that I'm going to be able to, you know, support a family on and and maybe, uh, you know, do some of the things that I dream of doing? Can I do that with this job as well? And so they've really been able to bring a lot of the data that can help empower us um, to give students the ability to make, you know, sound decisions.
0: And another portion of that that I have seen a lot about in recent years now, as, as technology has changed so much and the workforce has changed so much, is that job going to be here in 10 years? Is that job going to be here in 20 years? Is there a future in that career other than just the first job out of school?
2: Yeah, and you know, that's been what's been so fantastic and actually a little bit of a, a surprise for us as this program has developed we never anticipated that um, when a company, you know, would you know agree to participate and help us out with filming these videos, we didn't realize that they were also interested in in retaining um, employees. So, you know, f- oftentimes for our local businesses, they don't just simply want to hire somebody to walk through the door and, you know, take over a position, but really they they want those people to grow within the company, and so what we've been finding is that there's many actual pathways for students to advance those skills so even if you start you know as a journeyman or something like that um there there are many pathways up through that organization and and we've been able to make those very specific to our local businesses to help in, encourage students to consider long-term opportunities within a particular field instead of just yeah when i graduate i think i might do this and and not maybe thinking five or or ten years out because that's not not usually something that an eighteen or seventeen year old might be thinking about.
0: Yeah, young people, particularly in their teens, they don't really necessarily have that whole vision of the future and where they're going to be at age fifty or age sixty, uh, that kind of thing. And it, it's helpful to kind of point that out to them and get them started thinking in that direction. I'm talking with Cassie de munoz She is the director of the Center for Educational Outreach at Michigan Tech, and we're talking about the Tomorrow's Talent Series which is described as a virtual job shadowing initiative, and it is aimed at middle school students and high school students here in the Copper Country. And I suppose the irony to this is, uh, Cassie, that the reputation has been in place for so long that so many of our kids are going to have to leave to get jobs that we now do have job categories in which we need people to stay.
2: Yeah, we, we definitely do. And, you know, what we've found a lot is that students will graduate from high school and they'll think that the only pathway that they have to a, a decent career and a and a decent life is that they have to leave the area. And oftentimes they do that, but when they're ready to have a family or even later in life, they actually often want to come back and, um, And so what we're trying to do is really raise awareness with our our youth um, about the many really fantastic job and career prospects that we have right within our region in a really variety of of fields, as well as, um, you know, advanced technologies and advanced manufacturing. I think that uh, there also tends to be a stereotype about what types of opportunities are within the Upper Peninsula, and the, the reality is that there's a real vast scale of different types of career pathways here. Um, just as what you might find in just about anywhere else.
0: Yeah, and I think we've seen that uh, with Michigan Tech grads and Finlandia University grads over the years as well. Uh, They come here, they spend time here, they don't want to leave here. They're sad to have to leave, and they try to work their way back.
2: Absolutely. You know, so the Tomorrow's Talent series program really has two parts to it. Um, the first part is we work with companies, and of course, um, when I say we, I'm, I'm referring to a, a large steering committee consisting of our, our partners at Upper Peninsula Michigan Works, the Meisem Network, critic Educator Directors of the Upper Peninsula, and, and many others. Um, we work with companies. Uh, we identify companies first of all of, of high demand fields in our region, and then we work with them to film a uh, about a five to eight minute video of one particular pathway within that company. Um, once that video is is polished and edited. Um, It goes up on the web, it's on YouTube, and and actually, you know, the interesting nature of a virtual program like this is that uh, we're really highlighting our our local region and we are wanting to showcase the Upper Peninsula but anyone from anywhere can log in and and check that video out and we've actually had viewers um, from downstate and even across the Upper Peninsula or across the United States already. Um, So anyway, that video goes up, it goes online and it's viewed by students and teachers and parents. Um, and then after they've had a chance to see the video, we hold a live uh, Q and A session on Zoom, where then anyone who's watched the video can actually hop on and um, ask questions directly to the company who who made that video. And so it gives a chance for students to really not just consume information from a video, but to also contribute back and and maybe ask um, questions that. Uh, we didn't cover in the video. And what we've been finding is that, uh, as you mentioned, there's all these you know, Michigan Tech alum and Finlandia alum uh, who are very interested in staying in the area, and many of them we found are actually uh, working at all the businesses that we've uh, been featuring in the program. It was never an intention of ours, but we've been surprised at how many Tech alums we have found all over the Upper Peninsula <laughs> who are very eager to be part of the program specifically because of that reason.
0: Cassie, what fields are hot right now?
2: Well, uh, we certainly I would say in the manufacturing uh, uh, realm, um, particular advanced manufacturing, um, we have uh, some videos coming out in the spring um, related to some more trades uh, pathways such as CNC programmers. Uh, we have a, a really cool lineman video that we're excited to bring on board. Um, and then certainly with engineering, but also I think that the the healthcare, um, I think as, as everyone has seen this year, our healthcare industry is um, just so critical to every uh, fabric of our society, and uh, in our region, we have a huge need for healthcare, uh, and that does include also men- mental and behavioral health services, um, therapeutic services, physical therapy. Um, so I would say in our region, we have a specifically high need for manufacturing as well t- as health services. Um, And uh, yeah, we we have um, also a a whole slew of engineering videos coming out uh, in the spring. So really, we have a lot of different need of a lot of different positions, but I'd say those are the the highest right now.
0: And manufacturing is not what it was 50 years ago. Manufacturing, a lot of these are really high-tech jobs at this point.
2: Yeah, I have to tell you, I personally have learned so much uh, from this program that you know it, it always happens that way that you intend to um, you know put together something to teach someone else and you actually learn more yourself and that's been absolutely the case for us uh, we you know uh, we we had a request to do a video on um, a, a mold maker and so you know think about a mold maker and I have to say my my conception of that at the beginning was quite limited. Um, but wow, I mean, just the the precision of the machines to be able to create each specific tiny, tiny, tiny part, and sometimes nano nano parts. Um, and therefore the expertise and the knowledge of the operators that have to keep everything um, running smoothly. And you know, it's just like a gear in a machine if one thing you know clogs and the rest of it doesn't work, right? Um, so absolutely. I think that the in the manufacturing realm, um, the videos that we have put together thus far are, they really show that balance between technology and um, the operation of it in terms of the actual product output.
0: And these are not the stereoty- stereotypically old style minimum wage grunt jobs anymore. These are good paying jobs.
2: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, you know, some of the positions that we've been showcasing. Um, you know, an annual salary could be above $60,000 per year. Um, it really obviously depends on which, which pathway and, and which field. Um, and, you know, that could be even a starting salary for many of these roles.
0: And in an area like the Upper Peninsula, where the cost of living is relatively low, housing is relatively inexpensive, uh, $60,000 a year salary goes a lot farther here than it does in, say, Chicago.
2: Certainly. And, you know, I think the other really important, Important and critical part is that um, the the culture of of life um, the, the culture and the quality of life here you know we all those who are, those of us who have chosen to live here um, and maybe I think that this is not something that youth quite think about yet because they presumably were born or brought here they didn't necessarily make the choice, but those of us who have chosen to live here it, it is for for that quality of life and one of the things that has sort of naturally come out through the Tomorrow's Talent Series program is um, how how these companies all have such a great work culture. And so in addition to a salary that, as you mentioned, can afford you a really comfortable and quality life, um, just the ability to work in a place where you are valued and where your skill set um, is is valued and where they really really invest in you to continue to grow. Um, You really see that in the companies that have participated in the program. And um, I think that in itself speaks volumes.
0: Well, most of these companies are – Certainly small businesses, by the standards that are used by the people who look at business, I tend to think of small business as being mom, pop, and an employee, but uh, every, pretty much almost every business in the Upper Peninsula qualifies as a small business compared to some of the mammoth corporations that you find in other areas.
2: Yeah, definitely. That's very
0: true. And so you get a lot of hands-on. You have owners who are on site. They take a personal interest. And they are people, as you have mentioned, who understand that if you invest in a good employee, that employee, that investment will pay dividends for you uh, down the road
2: yeah and we've been really intentional about wanting to allow every business who is willing to participate to participate and that includes uh, even down to small startups I think you know one of my favorite videos that um, that we've done thus far uh, in in the sense of it being probably the most educational is we have a, a business startup and um, it's a couple of, of tech grads who started an outdoor gear and and kind of backpack making uh, company right here in, in hancock michigan it's called chicken tramper ultralight gear and um... you know they're very new in their business i think they may only have a couple of years under their belts um, and they're just starting to break into stores like uh, downwind sports and some others you can see some of their products there but their video you know is just it's executed so well they they just really spoke right to the students about the realities of um... You know, starting up your own company is very, very hard to do. It's it's worth it, but it's very hard. And so we, you know, we really have been intentional about trying to show all of those different facets, um, from a very small startup business all the way through, you know, a larger a larger company, which, as you mentioned, is still quite small by uh, national standards.
0: Is it a little awkward because you, of course, represent Michigan Tech? Obviously, the folks at Michigan Tech would like to have as many students as possible go on to college, and particularly Michigan Tech. Um, is it a little awkward to be saying to people, hey, uh, for a good career, you may not need college?
2: Well, not exactly. You know, our office is, um, certainly we're part of Michigan Tech, um, and we we do support the recruitment and the enrollment um, Offices and at the university, um, but our office is actually not um, directly funded by those uh, departments within the university. So actually, the majority of our office's funding comes from grants and external sources, oh. um, and actually a lot of uh, state-funded uh, initiatives as well that allow us to provide college access and and equity resources. So we're pretty accustomed to doing programming that um, is more altruistic in nature and. So, for that reason, this is for us, this is actually more, more so the area in which we're um, accustomed to working.
0: So, I'm talking with Cassie Teft de Munoz, who is the director of MTU's Center for Educational Outreach. The subject is the Tomorrow's Talent series, which is showing things about jobs and careers to our middle school and high school students. Let's suppose for a moment, Cassie, that I am a business owner or a manager, and I'm thinking, gee. I'd like to be involved in this. How do I get involved?
2: Fantastic. We are absolutely seeking more companies to feature. Uh, So um, we are basically looking for about 20 minutes of of footage taken, um, and nothing fancy could just be on an iPhone or a cell phone. Um, We will edit that down into a five- to eight-minute video. That's the the one that goes live. Um, And so if... You know, if your company is interested in being a part of the program and showcasing opportunities that you may have or different career paths that you may have, uh, just send us an email. Our email is outreach at mtu.edu. Pretty simple to remember there, and we'd be in touch. Um, We are are really looking to feature in the spring. Um, In particular, we're looking for companies related to environmental sciences or outdoor sciences in terms of scope of work. Um, we're also looking for um, any companies that do things that could be defined as a, a technology field, um, not just IT, but really broadly applied technology. Um, so that said, we, we're really looking for just about any uh, any subject matter at this point. So we'd be very eager to welcome more companies to be a part of the program. And again, just email us at outreach at MD, mtu.edu.
0: Is there a cost for businesses?
2: So there is no cost uh associated with being a part of the program because again we didn't want to prohibit any business from being able to participate. Um, That said, uh, we don't have any funding for this program. Um, And really all of our costs are just uh, the the video editing costs that we have, the video production itself, um, which is running us about four or five hundred dollars per video. So we're asking that if companies can cover that cost, that would be an enormous help for us. Um, in fact um if, if a company can pay that it does subsidize the cost for another business who may not be able to shoulder it um, but officially there is no cost to participate
0: So let's say I'm a parent of a high school or middle school student, because um, much as I'd like to think middle schoolers listen to this program in droves, I really don't (laughs) expect that they do a whole lot. But suppose I'm a parent or a grandparent and I want my kids to start seeing these videos and get involved in this program and see these opportunities. How do I access this information?
2: all of the videos and the accompanying resources are available on our website which is mtu.edu slash outreach Um, a more direct way to get there we have a bitly link so it's bit.ly and that's slash tomorrow's talent series and so once you get there um, we we've started to organize all the videos out by topic so you'll see sliders on the website um, this is an evolving uh, initiative, of course, so we are constantly adding more videos um, and adding more themes as well, so keep checking back there. And the other thing that I wanted to mention, you know, in each each section, so we have the videos uh, and we, we record everything, so both the initial video as well as the Q&A session that we do also gets recorded so people can watch them all together. Um, but we also have these great resources that are available for download on that same website, which include some uh, hands-on activities related to each theme as well. Um, so, for example, we we have a health sciences uh, uh, theme, and on that particular um, month's activities, there's a really cool uh, robotic hand um, that students can build at home, just using things like straws and string and cardboard, and and learn a little bit more about how prosthetics work. Um, so that's also available there and so you know if you're a parent and you're looking for a way to keep your your kid engaged that maybe doesn't involve a screen. Um, I would also highly recommend some of those activities for download as well.
0: You know, I'm thinking this is also a good resource for parents who may not even be aware of some of the career paths that exist because things have changed so quickly. You've mentioned environmental science. You've mentioned robotics. These things were fledgling careers 20, 30 years ago, and now they're hot.
2: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I would say that um, I I feel like we've seen probably an equal distribution of, of parents and students who've attended our live uh, question and answer sh- sessions with the companies and asking really interesting questions as well um, about the future of different pathways because they have changed so much and the opportunities within them have also evolved. And so I would say that it, it is, as I've mentioned, you know, just in us executing this program, we have learned so much. Our staff has learned so much about so many different, different fields. Um, so I think that the content really uh, is interesting for, for all ages.
0: Cassie teft Munoz from MTU's Center for Educational Outreach. We're out of time. Thank you for the good information. Best wishes with this program. It sounds great.
2: Fantastic. Thank you so much.
1: The Portage Health Foundation is a proud sponsor of Copper Country Today. This legendary weekly radio program has gone on for decades and has helped listeners dive into important issues here in Michigan's Keweenaw Peninsula. Now, more than ever, we need this kind of in-depth local storytelling in our world. That's why we're happy to help take it to the next level by sponsoring the radio show's debut as a podcast. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Simply search Copper Country today. Learn more about Portage Health Foundation by visiting phfgive.org.
0: Welcome back to the second portion of Copper Country Today, here on the first Sunday of the new year. We're brought to you by the Portage Health Foundation. We encourage you to visit their website, find out what they're about at portagehealth.org. This, of course, being the second day of the new year as this airs, it it's the third day. Of the New Year as this airs. The uh, one thing that I can tell you for sure, even as we record this in advance, is that by this Sunday morning, I will have broken every New Year's resolution that I made and so I start to wonder if there's really any value in making them at all. There probably is, and I brought in an expert to talk about making New Year's resolutions and keeping New Year's resolutions. She is Anna Moy. She is a registered dietitian with Aspirus. Anna, welcome to the program.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: I have figured out, though, that there are some New Year's resolutions that I can make that I will be likely to keep. I, for example, resolve that I'm going to eat more chocolate next year. I'll have no problem keeping that, and I'm going to take more naps. Oh, sounds great. <laughs> yep, see? <laughs> so there are resolutions that I can keep, the ones that I should be making to become a little bit more fit, to eat a little bit less, to lose some weight, things of that nature. Man, every year I make them, and every year I, they fall apart. Why?
3: Yeah, well, you're not alone. About 80% of people fail those resolutions um, by mid-February, actually. So there's a very small percentage of people that can actually make those um, resolutions stick. And a couple of things that I've seen um, that get in the way of, of uh, establishing those good habits is that we set like, really high goals for ourselves. So say like yeah you you want to lose a certain amount of weight, so you decide to like totally cut out carbs or something like that i mean that's that's hard to do, and not the best way to do go about a ch- uh, change um, but we set these like super high goals that are way drastic um, changes to our lifestyles that are not sustainable whatsoever so yeah we might do them for, you know, a week or two, but it gets too hard for us. So we
0: quit. Well, and if you set that super high goal, then it's so far away sometimes that it seems unattainable.
3: Yeah, exactly. And then you get discouraged and then you fall off the wagon once and don't get back on it. So yeah, it's, um, you know, I think it's really good to have like an overarching goal. So say, yeah, I want to lose this, this amount of pounds, um, by, you know, say the 4th of July or something. But you also need to go in to this with a plan and have like these micro goals um, that are just more practical steps to get you to that, that weight loss or that exercise goal or, or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I think you really have to go into this with a plan versus just blindly like say, yeah, I'm going to, you know, run five miles every day or something like that.
0: So you're better off instead of saying, I'm going to lose 50 pounds by the 4th of July, you're better off saying, I'm going to cut back on the sweet rolls uh, and not have as many this week or this month.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And really, you want to be specific about it, too. So that, that was a good example of saying, yep, if, if you find that your sweet roll addiction is the thing that's really impeding your weight loss, okay, yep. Let's, um, you know, if, if you say if you have like a sweet roll every day, to cold, totally go cool turkey on that, you know, mentally you might not enjoy that and it might be very hard for you. So say, okay, I'm going to, instead of having a sweet roll every day, um, you know, Sundays, that's my day I get my sweet roll, so I'm going to really look forward to that day, only have one sweet roll, but then the rest of the week, you know, we'll, we'll be good about it. Um, the other thing, too, instead of just saying, okay, I'm going to cut this out, think about what you're going to do instead. So like with the sweet roll thing, instead of having a sweet roll, well, I'm going to have, you know, like a fruit and yogurt parfait or just, you know, something like that that's going to be the, the healthier option there.
0: Sweet rolls would be just one of the addictions that I would need to be working on here. <laughs> but but it does make a, a certain amount of sense because a goal, as you said, a goal is not a plan.
3: Mm-mm, no, it's it's just... What you what you have your sights on, but you do need to have. If if you don't, if you just go blindly into a New Year's resolution or any sort of, you know, um, habit change in general, you do need to have that plan, or else, yeah, you are going to get off it and just um, be discouraged, um, and nothing's gonna really happen. The big thing is that we you want that. It is behavior change that we're talking about. It's not like a quick fix type of thing. Um, And change, like I said, change is hard.
0: Now, you're a dietitian, so let's talk about the food issue. Uh, for a little bit here, because I will confess that uh, I I probably should not keep that resolution to eat more chocolate in 2021. (laughs) I should, in fact, make a resolution to eat less chocolate in 2021. What do I replace it with that will be as satisfying to me as chocolate? Because if you give me a stock of celery instead of a chocolate bar, I'm not going to be impressed.
3: No, you're not. And mentally, and uh, yeah, you are not going to enjoy it. So, what I would say with the sweet tooth, and I, uh, I also have a sweet tooth. Chocolate is one of my, um, one of my things. Uh, Is that again? First of all, you can replace it with something that is, you know, again, a sweeter but healthier option. So, say like fruit. Um, Also, again, allowing yourself some chocolate is fine that's totally fine you know it's good for your good for your uh mental health your uh psychological health especially these days but watching that portion size um so say you know if you uh, previously if after dinner you would have like uh you know a couple chocolate chip cookies well cut it back to one um and but allowing yourself that little bit will also help you um prevent further you know going uh, down the road, you know, binging really, um, you know, to the point where you're depriving yourself too much. And then you sit down and there's some Oreos there and you eat a whole sleeve of Oreos. So, you know, you, you also want to prevent that. I would, I would much rather have you have a little bit, um, you know, every day, if that can just satisfy that, uh, chocolate craving, um, versus going like totally cold Turkey. And then, um, you know, having like a cheat day once a week or something like that.
0: And they have new flavors out too. the Oreos people. They are insidious. I know. Evil, evil people. (laughs) You mentioned these days, And I think that's an important thing for us to look at. Over the past year, we've all been heavily, heavily stressed because Mm -hmm. of the COVID-19 situation. Our patterns have changed. We have, I think, in many cases, and and perhaps justifiably so, said, I'm going to let things go a little bit. I'm going to enjoy a few more foods. I'm going to eat a little bit more uh, because I can't go out and do a lot of the other things that I love. Have we developed more bad? Bad habits because of this pandemic. You know,
3: I have seen it go either way with this. Um, I either see people that, yep, have said, "Okay, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to do more of this emotional eating." You know, I'm stuck inside. I'm just going to binge on Netflix and things like that. So, yes, I have definitely seen um, weight loss or weight gain and, and such from that. On the flip side, I've also seen people take the initiative to really, um, you know, they have more time on their hands. Um, they're at home. They can, um, you know, work more into getting into a, root, uh, a more established, like, exercise routine and such. So I've also seen people making those, uh, those changes um, and establishing those, those healthier habits, you know, cooking more at home, all those things. So I've seen both, both things which has been really interesting.
0: That is interesting. The people who have gotten into healthy habits, they're just disgusting people. Uh, We don't like them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, bully to them and a salute to them, but they they make me look even worse. Uh, Because I have spent more time at home And I've been doing a lot of work at home. And what I have found, unfortunately, is that when I'm close to my food, I eat more of my food. When I'm at work, I don't have my food, so I can't eat my food. So I guess I'm the one who's fallen into some of the, some of the, more bad habits. And it's going to be a while before I stop working at home so much. What do I do to keep myself away from all of that food? It's in my refrigerator. It's saying, Todd, Todd, come eat me.
3: Yeah. so with that um, a couple things that you can do first off just making sure that you know you have you're not like just working in your kitchen or your dining room if you have uh, some space that you can make like your home office uh, that's away from the refrigerator that is a good idea also um, making sure that you do have those better options on hand so you know snacking is not a bad thing um, but it's what you are snacking on so say you know yeah you you have lots of Oreos and chips and things like that. Well, yeah, if they're in the house, you're most likely going to eat them. I mean, you are. Uh, So, you know, it it goes back to the grocery store. So when you're shopping, you know, are you choosing the, the chips or in the candy and stuff, or are you choosing some of the, the fruits and vegetables, um, you know, like nut mixes, things like that, um, that you can grab instead. Um, So, You know, think about what you actually have in the house as well. The other thing you can do too is putting yourself more on a schedule. Say, okay, I'm gonna, you know, this is my snack time, you know, at at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. I'm gonna have a little, you know, time for lunch at noon. Um, If you're on a little bit more of a schedule, um, you're less likely to, um, you know, just do all the mindless snacking all the time.
0: The other thing I have been doing is cooking more because I've been home more. And of course, Mm -hmm. what I cook are brownies and cake and things like that. And that's not helping me either. So I suppose maybe I could find some healthier things to cook
3: yeah definitely um this is a good time to experiment again with different different fruits and vegetables um different cooking methods I'm also a baker uh so I yes yeah, so especially around the holidays and with the the colder weather it's a lot of baking um but you know uh if you can spread the joy a little bit you know put a plate of cookies on the on the neighbor's uh porch or something you know that's that's a good way to do it too um also uh doing smaller portions if you're cooking more at home and find that you're just eating tons of leftovers you know cutting down on the um uh, the, the portions of what you're actually making can also help you um still enjoy cooking um without having like such an excess of food in the house
0: Anna Moy is my guest. She is a registered dietitian with Aspirus. We're talking about New Year's resolutions, and if you haven't let them drop already here by Sunday morning, how you may be able to keep them going for some longer period of time. Um, we've talked a lot about food, but food is not the exclusive province of New Year's resolutions. The other thing that many people promise that they're going to do is get fit in the new year. Um, that's one I think that probably goes away really early because especially here in the Upper Peninsula, fitness is kind of hard in the winter. It's not like I can just decide I'm going to go out and walk two miles after dinner every day because the roads, the sidewalks aren't plowed. What's a way that I can start to get a little bit more active within the limitations of the UP?
3: Well, now, since we actually have some snow, at least in Ironwood we do, um Getting out on the local trails is huge. And I've already seen that, um, with, uh, even with, with COVID, I know that like cross-country ski sales are really high these days. So, um, taking advantage of all the great trails that we have, you know, and I know you up in, up in Houghton have a, have tons of great ones as well. So, um, you know, that'd be skiing, uh, snowshoeing is great, is a really good exercise. Um, and and uh, just a good thing to do as a, as a social outdoor social outing as well. So those are some outdoor things you can do indoors. Um, you know, YouTube has a wealth of uh, free exercise um, you know programs you can do. You know, something fun like Zumba. You could do something crazy like a, a high intensity interval uh, workout. You can do yoga. Um, so I would say just you know if you if you're just stuck at home. YouTube something that you're kind of interested in doing. It's a great time to try some new things, some new exercises. Um, So try to have fun with it, too. Um, You know, if you don't like to, like, run and everybody – all surround you, maybe has like a running goal or something, but if you don't like it, you're probably not going to do it. So try to find, you know, a new, you know, a sport, a movement, anything like that, that you actually enjoy. And then that's going to help get you um, towards that goal that much quicker.
0: So I look at YouTube and there are a gazillion exercise videos and how do I know which one might be best for me? How do I know which one might be appropriate for whatever my age, weight, and uh, general health is.
3: Yeah. So if you do have questions about that, I'd say, um, you know, talk to your provider, talk to a a physical therapist, uh, a personal trainer, anything like that. um, And they can direct you to the ones that are most appropriate for you.
0: And who, uh, maybe most people, if you're going to start an exercise program, it would be good advice to check with your doctor and make sure that you are fit enough to perform it.
3: Definitely. Yep. You don't want to, you know, too much of a good thing can definitely be too much. So I definitely with and with with all these goals, too, and that includes dietary goals as well. You know, talk to uh, your dietitian um, and make a goal that is going to fit your personal needs, your personal, you know, medical needs, dietary needs, um, because, yeah, you don't want this to be detrimental either.
0: And there is, of course, the standing joke about the people who buy the very, very overpriced, expensive exercise equipment, and it uh, turns into clothing racks within a matter of weeks. Do you have to make that kind of an investment, or is it good in some cases to make that kind of an investment?
3: You know, if you're going to use it. I mean, sure, go for it, but there are so many things that you can do for a lower price with just, you know, your your own body weight, um, or you can even, you know, go to Walmart and get some resistance bands or some light weights or a yoga mat. Um, there are so many things that you can do for, for free or a minimal cost that, um, you know, it's, if you think cost is prohibiting you from either exercising or, or eating better, um, you know, it It doesn't have to be
0: that way. Or, of course, you can just wait until April when all of the people who bought the expensive equipment have blasted past their New Year's resolutions and are going to sell it cheap just to get it out of the house.
3: That is very true. Yeah.
0: So we've got a plan for you there as well. Does it help to have some support in this effort?
3: Most definitely. And that's that is something that should be a part of that plan from the get go. So, you know, you, you say you have you have your goal of, of losing weight or, you know, of getting more exercise in. Um, share that with someone. Share that with a family member, with a friend. Um, these days there's virtual groups um like on Facebook that you can join. Um, but having that support, someone to call when you don't when you're having a bad day, someone to keep you accountable and say, like, hey, you know, you really need to, you know, go take a walk today um, or let's let's go take a walk today. Um, having that support is super important and a really a key to success.
0: Talking with Anna Moy, she is a registered dietitian with Aspirus. She actually works out of their Ironwood clinic, but uh, of course Aspirus has dietitians and folks like this all across the Western Upper Peninsula, and you can call them and uh, get in and set appointments and find out more if you so desire to do that. What about all of this smart technology now that I'm seeing? I'm seeing watches that track your pulse and uh, things of that nature. Are those worth looking at?
3: Again, it depends on your goal. You know, if, if you think that that's going to help motivate you to move more um, or to get better sleep or, or drink more water, all those different things that they do track, I'd say, sure, go ahead. Again, is it totally necessary to spend spend money on these things? Not, not totally. Um, personally, I don't have one. I have a random, just like a $10 stopwatch. Um, And that works for me. Um, But again, if that is what's going to motivate you, I'd say, you know, it, it would be worth an investment. Um for you
0: i I did go through a program once a few years ago with a company I worked for where they were monitoring our steps with one of those little step counters, mm-hmm. and I discovered that I could add steps to the little step counter by just putting it in my hand and rotating it back and forth. so yes, my, definitely <laughs> my My right wrist was in really good shape by the time we got done with it, but the rest of me wasn't doing so well. Uh, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, let's talk about how you set this up incrementally. Because, and we talked about this at the beginning of the program, that if you're going to set a big goal, let's say you're going to lose 50 pounds by summer so you can fit into the swimsuit and not be embarrassed at the beach. Obviously, that's a long time from now. How Mm -hmm. do I step this out? And are there points at which I should say, okay, I'm going to give myself a little reward for kind of making an interim part of my goal?
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So with these smaller goals, I would say from from the beginning from New Year's Day um, think about just a couple things you know probably no more than maybe two changes you want to start with um, like today so say going back to the sweet rolls so you're going to just have you know Sunday's your sweet roll day um, and then you know throughout the rest of the week you're going to you know have your yogurt parfait or whatever it is in the mornings there Um, so that could be one thing you could also, you know, say, still working on, on that sweet tooth, you know, I'm going to cut down on my pop intake. So instead of having a pop every day, let, I'm only going to have one every other day. Um, so those smaller, smaller goals there. Work on those. When you get down to where you feel like it's, you know, becoming more of a habit, um, you know, add other goals to to your list. Keep checking them off. Now, as far as rewards go, I rewarding is, is great and and again can be a, a wonderful motivation for you. Um, however, I would not suggest you do a food based reward. So, like, I'm gonna go get an ice cream sundae or, or something like that. Um, you know, do something that is more like, um, hey, I'm gonna. You know, buy this game that I've wanted. I'm going to allow myself to watch this movie that I've been wanting to watch, or, you know, have a little spa day or something, something that's non food related. Because again, we, you've made a lot of progress. You don't want to um, shoot yourself in the foot and, and uh, retract there.
0: How do I deal with negative? Influences. My wife wants chocolate. My kids want ice cream. I'm in a position where I really can't eat that, but I'm tempted because, first of all, I like it. And secondly, I want to be part of what they're doing.
3: Yeah, definitely. And and the social aspect of it um, greatly plays into your success as well. And that's where support comes into play, too. You know, really sitting down with your family, being like, hey, this is something I'm committed to. I know it's going to be good for my health. Um, I need you to help me out with this. Um, that being said, you know, they might still have some of the ice cream and stuff on hand, but they can also keep you accountable as well and be like, hey, you know, you can have this small scoop, but that's it, you know, type of thing. Um, um and also, you know, a lot of these changes are good for the entire household. So if you can get your whole family on board, maybe not to the extreme that you might be, you know, looking at doing, but um, you know, like say, you know, cutting back on pop, that's that's good for everybody. So maybe we're not gonna buy it so much at the store. We're gonna get, you know, LaCroix or some sort of sparkling water instead. Um, to uh to, to substitute. So really um you know having that on, honest conversation with your loved ones can definitely help out.
0: Do families make resolutions together at times? I mean, we know that there's an obesity explosion among our kids who may not be necessarily mature enough to make a new year's resolution themselves to do better, but is it possible to address this as an entire family?
3: Definitely. And and like I said it it should be because again, um, most often these things are are a family family issue as well. Um, whenever I do see kids for for counseling, um, you know, and the parents are there, I definitely encourage the whole family to make the the changes rather than you know sing- singling out like a, a kid um, and putting them on a strict diet or something. Um, So yeah, making, making these changes, you know, whether it's, yeah, decreasing pop, um, increasing fruits and veggies, you know, having, having just family meals, you know, cooking together, um, all those things can really impact the health of the whole family for a positive.
0: And if I fail somewhere along the line, do I give up?
3: No, and that's where a lot of people will totally again get off the wagon. So you know you probably will fail um, at some point. That's it's pretty inevitable. Um, they say that uh, to establish new habits it takes an average of 66 days. So that's over two months, that's a quite a bit of time to to. Uh, To fail, So when that happens, you know, don't get discouraged as much as you probably will. Um, You know, call your support person, um, tell them what you're dealing with and give yourself some grace too. You know, tomorrow's a new day, just get back on the wagon. Um, And, and too, like when you're making those micro goals, you know, instead of saying, okay, I'm going to exercise for an hour every single day, is that achievable? It probably isn't every single day. So, you know, think about okay, what am I actually able to do? Set yourself up for success. So, maybe it's you know, if you're going from like exercising zero, maybe you say, okay, I'm going to exercise, you know, three days a week for 30 minutes, and I'm going to, you know, yeah, go snowshoeing. Something like that that you think is actually something that you can achieve.
0: Anna Moy is a registered dietitian with Aspirus. And uh, thank you so much, Anna, for all of the advice and good counsel. Hopefully, everybody will will be a little bit better able to keep the New Year's resolutions and we'll repeat the advice again that if you're going to start exercise program you might check with your doctor first just to make sure it's going to work. Happy New Year Anna thank
1: you very much.
3: Yeah thanks for having me happy New Year.
1: When our community is in need the Portage Health Foundation is here to answer the call. In 2018 we were here on the front lines helping homeowners get their lives back and now with the COVID-19 pandemic we're right here with the many nonprofits to help serve our community. We've provided funding to Senior Meals, Keemana Family Resource Center, and 30 Wing Backpacks. We launched a Wi-Fi hotspot network to help families stay connected, and we have much more planned. If you want to donate to help our community's recovery, visit phfgive.org slash COVID-19, or call 523-5920.
0: I hope you enjoyed this morning's Copper Country Today. Again, thanks to our guests, Cassie Teft de Munoz from Michigan Tech and Aspirus dietitian Anna Moy. Copper Country Today is heard each Sunday morning at 7 on 97.7 The Wolf, 8 on 99.3 The Lift, and 9 on KBear 102. And you can listen to our podcast anytime at QAnonReport.com, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and a number of other streaming platforms. And if you have a topic you think we should cover, email your suggestion to kreport at up.net. I'm Todd Van Dyke. Copper Country Today is brought to you by the Portage Health Foundation. Learn more about them and their mission at phfgive.org. This is a copyrighted public affairs production of Houghton Community Broadcasting.